Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Into each life, some rain, even into the life of Sark, the bold, bright, and inspirational artist and author of the wonderful new book, Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. We all have these places that hit us, that make us feel pain, that make us feel less than, that take us down sometimes and we don't know how to get back up. I would like to introduce to you today an amazing voice and artist and journalist, uh, a, a person that really brings a sense of creativity and fun and spark and light and life to the works that she does. You can see it just in her website. You can see it in her books. And you're going to hear it through her voice in the work that she does to help people change their experiences and transform their loss into something new, a gift and an opportunity. The new book is entitled Glad No Matter What, and it offers people a healing path for trying times. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Sark to 1111 Talk Radio. Oh, thank you so much. What it's, a beautiful introduction. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here, and I think the first uh, this was the first book of yours that I have come across, and just in opening it and flipping through it before even reading it, uh, just the color and the way it's done and the pictures, uh, everything about it, it kind of really sparked m- something inside of me, something more heart-centered rather than where we tend to go, which is the mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you'll notice in the book that I included a feelings menu and um, so that people can see how they feel and then be guided to different parts of the book where there's practices and processes to follow, um, you know, based on feeling anxious or sad or happy or joyful or worried. Those are just some of them. And this book, it's written in a, in a way that, um, you know, most of them have the printed script and it's very um, typed and organized and all of that. And this is very much in a journal sense. And so it makes it much more personal and, again, makes it feel as if you're standing right next to me or sitting in my living room, Sark. Well, I was, and I was right there, Simran, for <laughs> reading. Uh, yeah, I mean, I all my books are handwritten. This is my 16th book, and um, I wrote them all that way. With my, I'm also an artist, so I include all my art. Um, and I like to tell people to to delight themselves first, and then others will be truly delighted. 
so this is the book that delights me. And so then consequently, it's delighting other people. So why are you so glad? What, what has gotten you to the point to be this way now? Well, first of all, let's be sure to say that being you know, glad no matter what is not about feeling glad when you don't. How annoying. <laughs> it is annoying. <laughs> it is annoying. And overly sort of mindlessly positive people are annoying. You know, like you meet them and they're just babbling on, you know, and you're, you might have just said something really tough or something that happened and they're, well, I'm just in a great mood, you know. Um, that's not how I am. And that's not what this book is about. Um, what this book is about is, is, it was actually almost the title, it's about practical gladness. So it's about what I call the marvelous, messy middle. It's where you find the glad parts in as many of your feelings as you can, and then you transform the other ones. And so it's about feeling all the challenging feelings, and it's about being shown how to not spend so much time there. A lot of people get stuck in the challenging feelings, and they don't get out. Well, they either are stuck in them or it seems that they numb out so much that they don't want to be in their feelings. Exactly. That's another really good, that, that's absolutely true. And so I've done a lot of both, you know, everything that I offer are things that I know work because they work for me and they work for all the people that I teach and, and consult with. And so it's all been, um, it's all tried and true um, methods and practices and processes because I've been one of those people. I've been one of the numb people, and I've been one of the people avoiding, and we all have. And it depends on what happens to us, you know, and I think that's one of the gifts. I call it the gifts of conscious aging. You know, at this age that I am now, um, I'm more willing to cry. I'm more willing to accept the pain. I'm more willing to go into the darkness and let's remember, we can always bring a flashlight. We need to go into the darkness, but we can bring a flashlight. Well, and what that lets a person who does tend to go to the numb place or is, is already there and can't seem to get out is it gives us a sense of freedom to know that maybe there is a speck of gladness or some parts where we can feel glad even in the midst of that grief or that loss or that depression or that anger, whatever it is, the emotion that we're, we're anchoring in, what you're saying is we can be in that spot, but that we can still find some places even within that to be okay. Yes, and, and in fact, to feel glad. I mean, I remember standing at my, de- my father's deathbed, and, you know, I held his foot, and I didn't realize, but it made his whole body move, and I thought he had come alive, and I, I said, oh, my gosh, he's come alive. And my mother said, oh, he has not. And she was, she was kind of yelling at me, and we started fighting, and then we started laughing. And we were just, we were hysterically laughing. And, you know, there was gladness there. There was gladness there in the face of my father's dead body. And, you know, he was someone who didn't like fighting, and we were all so glad that he didn't even have to be there to hear it, you know. Sure, sure. And you write that we should feel what we feel when we feel it and then let it go. And in doing that, actually, when we embrace those feelings, number one, you can have those sparks of gladness that you're talking about, but when we embrace the feelings, it actually lets them wash through a little bit faster than than if we try to resist them. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, there are people that are spending years in feelings that they could shrink down to days and even hours and even minutes. And when we do that, we keep ourselves from really living. So we're not only avoiding the moments of gladness, we're avoiding our entire life of happiness. 
Exactly, because, and this is the part that people don't realize, that as much as they're blocking the sadness or the grief or the loss, they're also blocking all of the joy. They're not, they're just blocking. And, but, but listen, it's very tempting to do it, and we know that it works in the short term. Let's just admit it. If you don't, if you can make yourself not feel something, let's take a challenging feeling. To go towards it is the scariest thing that you could imagine. So if you avoid it, you, you know, we all know that we can sedate our feelings with, you know, food or alcohol or busyness or overworking. Um, and we all know that this works in the short term. That's why it's so seductive. Um, but what people are forgetting is it's cumulative and it has a longer-term effect because what it's teaching you is to avoid and deny your feelings so that way you're going to continue avoiding and denying your feelings as you continue to grow and change and you're not going to have a system of handling your feelings that's healthy and conscious. You're going to have an unconscious, unhealthy feeling system. Now, with everything going on in the world right now, and a lot of people are finding them in places of challenge or struggle, uh, there are probably reasons to not be glad and, and reasons to really delve deeply into the emotions that we're occurring. So it makes sense to me why this book would come out now. But why did you decide to write this book now? Well, you know, I I had certainly a lot of different losses, which I've written about in the book, the loss of a love relationship, um, the death of my mother, the death of my father, the death of my cat, my beloved cat that I'd had for 17 years, um, and then the loss of certain dreams. You know, I ended up creating a whole loss list system where you go through your life and write down all the losses and what you consider are losses, and how do you transform them? How do you then, I, and then I show a way to pr- transform and alchemize them into something good. So, and then I've written in my earlier books, well, I actually touched on it in this book too, but I've written a lot more in my earlier books about the incest I experienced in my young life with my older brother, who had been my best friend, who then became my abuser. And that was a tough, tough loss, and it was a big one to transform, and it took me many years. And so through the, the sort of the fire of that pain, I was really kind of sent to the world to write, to write about my experiences and to write about my transformations, and that's what I've done in my other 15 books. So this book is really a culmination. I mean, all my books have been about transformation in one way or the other, but this book is more pointedly about how can people really take whatever happens to them. I mean, that's why this book doesn't say glad all the time. This book says something much more profound, which is glad no matter what. So even if you lose your home, even if you lose your job, even if you lose your health, even if you lose every single thing you have, there are still ways that you can be glad. And in fact, you know, I maintain that, you know, in the, from the depths of the darkest misery comes also the sprouts and the shoots of the greatest joys. Well, and it's not so much uh, what happens to us, it's how we handle what happens to us because the bad things or the challenging experiences are, are possible to continue even if we get to high places of consciousness, even if we become that spiritual person, even if we become that person that's going to have the permanent smile on our face. It doesn't mean that we're not going to run into the rocks in the road. No, of course, and we, we will continue to run into the rocks, but it's exactly what you said. It's how you choose to respond to the rocks 
And, you know, how do you choose to live your life? You know, people, you know, we could take any group of people and have a range of responses. We could have... We could have a dozen people and have a dozen of those people lose their job or their house or their health, and we would have a dozen different ways of handling that information. My guest today is Sartre. She is the author of Glad No Matter What. This is a wonderful book that is very chock-full of practical transformative practices. You can experience new ways to live alongside change and loss. You'll be able to apply self-love liberally and skillfully, transform previous change and loss experiences, recognize the benefits of feeling all of our feelings, and being able to stay with yourself in times of strong emotions. It is time to welcome and notice life's miracles. It's time to be glad no matter what. Sark is a best-selling author and artist with 16 titles in print and well over 2 million books sold, including the national bestsellers, Succulent Wild Women, Bodacious Book of Succulents, Eat Mangoes Naked, Prosperity Pie, and Juicy Pen's Thirsty Paper. Her newest book, Glad No Matter What, uh, is out now, and you can connect with her at her website, which is planetsark.com. That's planetsark.com. And once you get there, you can also access a lot of the different events and things that will be going on, which I'll also mention later in the show. We'll be right back with Sark and Glad No Matter What. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. Voiceamerica.tv. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
How can we be glad when so many bad things are happening, when we face what's going on in our economy, in our health care system, in our families, when we are approaching grief and loss, when we're looking at sometimes what the bank account looks like? How can we not? Bad things are going to happen from time to time and will continue to happen. It's how we choose to respond that makes the difference. We all have the opportunity to respond to whatever is happening with as much gladness as possible. And if we utilize the tools, the teachers, and the practices that are out there that can support us, it can make that journey a little bit easier. My guest today is Sark, and she is authored the new book, Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and Change into Gift and Opportunity. I'd like to welcome you back, Sark, and I want to ask you specifically if there are ways that we can all be more glad. Absolutely, um, and of course I have many of them in the book, and people can you know, look and learn and read more, but let's, let me offer some um, examples that will be of great use. Um, first of all, um, I describe a practice in the book that's called three-part harmony, Mm-hmm. And it's a way of experiencing, uh, most people live with a lot of negative self-talk. So they're having inner critics inside their head telling them they're not good enough, they're too old, they'll never make enough money. Uh, you know, these are all debilitating kind of thoughts, and we all have this. This is universal, by the way. Inner critics are around the world, not just in the Western world. Um, so I created a way to... Um, to work with that energy called three-part harmony. And uh, as I said, it's described more in the book, but very briefly, it's you, you find a way. You, part one of the harmony is you write down all the things that are upsetting, scaring you, or worrying you, um, and you make a fast list of them. And you let yourself get really theatrical, and you use a lot of exclamation points, and you write until you're, you have no other thought in your head that's upsetting. And I like that you call those mad pages. Yes, because, you know, because we've got that stuff built up inside and we've got to put it somewhere, but most of us don't. We wake up in the morning and we keep on going. But to initiate this practice and allow that stuff to come out and be put on pages and, and give ourselves permission to be mad or use exclamation points or all those little symbols that seem to say something that we don't really quite know what. Um, but to be able to use all of that information and express it, I think, would be extremely powerful. Yes, I've been doing it for five years, and I'm here to tell you that I live with about 75% less worry and anxiety than I used to. Than I used to. So it, it is really powerful and effective, and it's very kinesthetic, um, meaning that it, the body is involved. When you're writing something down, it's not just in your head. You're not just reading something in a book and saying, oh, it would be good to get all my mad thoughts out, you know, and then, but then you don't do it. Exactly, and once we get all of that out, once we've worked through some of that, and it, it seems to then lead to more of an inner knowing or um, some places where we actually gain some wisdom, and you call those wise pages. Yeah, and that's part two of the harmony, and this is what I want everyone to hear and know, is that everyone has a wise self inside. Um, you could call it your higher self. You could call it pure positive energy. I happen to call it my wise self. And I like to write, wise self gladly speaks along, along the top of, the, of a piece of paper. And then I take out the mad pages. Oh, by the way, after you write the mad pages, you fold them up and you address them to God or the universe or whoever you think is larger than you, and you put them aside. And that's often enough to clear the way for you to go to work or pick up your kids or, you know, and, and have a different mindset. 
Um, but then when you have a little bit more time, you can return to that list and open it back up again, and you can ask your wise self to reframe each of the sentences or paragraphs that you've written that you were mad about earlier. And this is very powerful because what happens is you let your wise self be very um, endearing and dramatic and just every kind of way that you would want to be reassured, supported, comforted, and reminded. So you might say in your mad pages, you know, something like this, if my neighbor slams the door again one more time, I'm going to rip it off the hinges. You know, maybe something that's seemingly little in your life that's very annoying on an ongoing basis. Um, your wise self might say, oh, I understand, and remember the time that your neighbor brought you flowers when you were sick. You can ask them kindly to shut their door more quietly. And so this is the kind of reframing that I'm talking about, and you do it for every single one. Now, when you first start this, it will take some time. It might take you a half hour. But I can tell you I've gotten this whole process down to about five or ten minutes. And it, what it does is it retrains your brain to think like this. So even if you're not writing things down, you have your wise self right with you all the time, um, you know, giving you comfort, giving you support, giving you guidance. And this is what I want to see people accessing and using the power of what I call their awakened wise self. Well, and for those people that have a challenge with journaling or have a challenge with saying, you know, this is too much work. I don't want to go that deep. I don't want to be this personal to myself. It does require us, our healing and our wholeness does require us to take personal responsibility. And sometimes we have to look at what the payoff might be. And the payoff of this wonderful harmony process would actually result in the glad pages that come out of it. And that's part of the steps towards being glad no matter what. Exactly. So that's part three because then you've really cleared the way for glad. So some people call them gratitude pages. It doesn't. It just whatever is good. So it clears a way for you to recognize and make note of what's good. So let's list another payoff. Um, there's a lot of people who really want to be good parents. You know, they they've, they're having children, they're raising them, and they want to be good parents. The best way you can be a good parent is to be an example, to be an emotional pioneer, you know, to be that emotional transform of, I call it, transformational change agents. So you can be a transformational change agent for yourself, which will in turn be that example for your children so that they don't have, so they're not even, three-part harmony is just how they live. Do you see? And, and and that's the thing. We have to sometimes we do have to find the payoff in something for ourselves to to help us to initiate if we're not typically the types to do so. But the harmony process is definitely something that I could see would work. Is that something that needs to be done all at the same time? No, or? and thank you for asking that because for people who for people who are cautious or have trepidation, I would just say just do part one. Just write down everything you're mad and worried about. And everyone can do that. Like when I'm do, teaching a workshop, which I have taught for over 20 years now, I, when I teach three-part harmony and I tell people, you know, we use recycled paper and I say, just make a fast list of everything that's upsetting you right now. Every single person is writing for five minutes. I mean, there's not one person that's just sitting there going, I don't know what I'm upset about. 
Absolutely, and, and I would venture to guess that um, the ones that we are writing that are the mad pages, those are probably not things that we want to keep or go back and read. No, we want to stick you. with the whys and the and the, yes, the flat. Yes, thank you for mentioning that because what you do after you've transformed them with the help of your wise self is you will burn or recycle those mad pages. And mad pages are not something you're sharing with anyone else either, so that's a safe place to just express and you can repeat things. You can write the most ridiculous things on there. Like, you know, one time I just wrote, I hate my brother, my brother, I hate him, you know, over and over because that's how I was feeling. And so that's a safe place for that feeling to be seen. You don't have to go tell, I don't have to go tell my brother that I hate him or in that moment I was hating him, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, and then you save the Wise Voice pages. for. I have folders and folders of Wise Voice pages that for reflection another time because you will have those thoughts and feelings come back. But they will come back differently because even they know that a process has occurred to them. Those feelings that are inside of you will, will respond. You will be able to respond differently to the circumstances of your life doing and utilizing a process like this one. Well, and the fact of the matter is, and one belief that we can all anchor in, is that as we go through our journey and we grow, we don't ever go back. We can never go back to being who we used to be. We can only continue to move forward and be bigger than we were. And so processes like this allow us to really discard that smaller side of ourselves and open to being more. Yes. Oh, that's so well said. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thank you. I am with Sark today. She is the best-selling author and artist with 16 titles in print and well over 2 million books sold. Some of her other national bestsellers include Succulent Wild Women, Bodacious Book of Succulents, Eat Mangoes Naked, Prosperity Pie, and Juicy Pen's Thirsty Paper. With the names of her books, you can tell that you're going to gain something and also have a good time in the process, and you can be glad no matter what, which is the name of her newest book. You can connect to her and find out more about uh, all of the work that Sark does at planetsark.com and engage in the three-part harmony process when you pick up that book, Glad No Matter What. It's an opportunity for you to get into the mad pages, to discover the wise self and let your wise self really speak to you through the writing, and you'll be surprised at all that has to offer. You might feel like you're making some things up from time to time, but it's okay. Sometimes we have to start where we are, and sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. But the payoff will be the glad pages, and it will be a new opportunity to discover yourself. We'll be right back with Sark. You can connect with her at planetsark.com. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Sark has empowered millions to create their dreams and manage their financial lives along with savoring personal connections. The death of her parents and a beloved cat as well as the end of a loved relationship tested Sark's ability to walk her own talk. But as glad no matter what shows, she and her readers can face, feel, heal from and transform because of loss and change. Much more than a simplistic search for the silver lining in storm clouds, Sark's approach is a map, a guidebook, a step-by-step strategy for profound positive transformation through rather than despite life's inevitable travails. This is not a book about being glad when you're not. That would be very annoying. It's a book about finding and living from the glad parts in all of your feelings. You can connect with Sark at planetsark.com. And she does have a couple of events coming up in the future that you can engage in. Wednesday, March the 2nd in L.A. at the Bodhi Tree Bookstore at 7.30 p.m. And also March 24th, she will be on 92nd Street uh, at 92nd Street in New York City. So definitely connect with Sark Bear. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what being glad will really do for people. I will, and I just want to make two clarifications. The, the Bodhi Tree is a free interactive work, mini workshop at the bookstore. And the 92nd Street Y, it's um, uh, you know, a renowned place where speakers come, and it's a nominal charge, and it's also a workshop. So, wonderful, wonderful. Yes. So what did you ask? Uh, I wanted to find out uh, what will being glad really do for people. Well, <laughs> the obvious thing is they'll feel better. And when we feel better, we're able to love ourselves more and love our children more and the people in our life. We're able to be um, contributors to, to really to joyful, glad living. I mean, we're able to have things happen to us and respond in the moment differently than we did before. So I'd actually like to give an example from my own life about this and about how the awakened wise self can speak up in in the moment during a tough situation. Absolutely. I was, um, this was a few months back, I was being picked up to go to a, um, a speaking engagement in British Columbia, and I was being picked up at my home in San Francisco by a car and a driver. And I suddenly realized that the car and driver was late. And at the same time I realized this, I remembered that I hadn't taken out the garbage. 
So I ran down the service corridor of the building that I live in and with the garbage in hand and slipped and fell. And slipped and fell in what turned out to be cat poop from one of my neighbor's cats. Uh-huh. And so I was very crabby and I had to go change my clothes and the driver was still not there. And by the time I came out of the house, the driver was just getting out of the car and he just got out of the car and said, yeah, airport ride. And I said, well, did you know you were late? And he said, no, I wasn't, just a few minutes. And I said, well, actually, you were to have been here 10 minutes before. I said, so you're actually late, and now you're defensive about being late. And he said, well, just get in the car. And I said, no, I won't get in the car. And I said, and besides that, I don't like you. (laughs) And it just popped out, like I just didn't even know. And I was very embarrassed that I had said that. And he said, he didn't say anything. And then I thought, well, how am I going to get to the airport? Like, I really am late, and I can't, there's not another way to quickly get to the airport. So I, I pretty much had to get in the car. So I got in the car, and, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but I was intensely disliking him. I was looking at the back of his head, and I was thinking, he is so wrong. You know, I'm going to call his supervisor. I'm going to complain about him. And I know he was doing the same about me. And the atmosphere was not good in the car. Now, that's when my awakened, wise self spoke to me. And it basically whispered in my ear and said, ask him if he wants to start over. Hmm. And I said, could we start over? I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Bill. I said, Bill, I would like to acknowledge that I greeted you pretty aggressively when you arrived. I said, and, and part of it is because I had slipped and fallen in cat poop And I was also concerned about the time and getting to the airport on time. And he said, well, thank you so much. He said, I would like to acknowledge and say that I was actually waiting 10 minutes early at the wrong house, being given the wrong address by my dispatcher. Hmm. And I said, oh, Bill, I said, do you want to forgive each other? And he said, yes, I do. And so we engaged in a forgiveness process in that car. And by the time we got out at the airport, we were both crying (laughs) And hugged each other, and Bill insisted that I take his home phone number. Now, isn't that what we need to do with the nations of the world that are at war? (laughs) Well, thank you for recognizing that, because I wrote, this is a microcosm, that right after that happened, I wrote one of my e-letters, and I said, if you don't like war, and I said, this is a microcosm of how war happens. Both sides take up their position, they're entrenched, they hate the other one, they won't make a move, and they're not listening to their wise self. And that's, you know, the more that all of us become transformational change agents and do our work, the less we will have war. That's just it. And and the more we hang on to that madness or the part that would write those mad pages, we're not giving ourselves opportunity to listen to the wise self. It was to, to be humble enough and vulnerable enough to say, let's start over. You know, and just having the courage to have that kind of communication, it's it's a type of authenticity that I think if individuals will allow themselves to have, they will experience such an intimacy and a connectedness with people around them. Well, yes, and let's talk about what happened, because the very next week I was given an opportunity to have something happen where the person is not receptive, because let's talk about that. Because okay. sometimes you say, can we start over, and the person says, no. <laughs> 
But, you know, according to Toltec tradition, as long as you're doing your part, really what comes back at you is not the other, not your business. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that and you know that. And I, the very next week, had a cab driver who asked where I was going, and I told him, and he started shouting, you know, that's not far enough, that's not worth my time. And he was like a lunatic. And I finally said, well, okay, it sounds like you don't want to drive me. I mean, that's all I could get out of it. And he slammed on the brakes so hard that I hit my head and then got out of the car and hurled my luggage onto the street and said, get out, get out. And (laughs) I'm so happy to say I didn't even get defensive or angry with him. I I just said to him, well, here, I said, take some money. You're, You're a very angry person. And he just was screaming and wouldn't take the money and went driving off, and I I just picked up my bags off of the street. Well, he needed some mad pages to write. (laughs) He needed a whole, yeah, he needed a lot. And then another cab driver came and started to rain at that point. And so another cab driver came and said, can I give you a ride? I said, well, yes, but I have to tell you it's not very far. He said, well, I'm a cab. Who cares how far it is? That's what I do. And I thought, wow, you know, here's the... You know, here's a direct message. Like, you can live in some state of scarcity and anger, or you can live... So you asked, what does being glad do? It does, it, it does so much that you can have someone screaming at you and throwing your bags on the street, and you're undisturbed. Well, and that's what I was talking about earlier. The beauty of this life journey is that the universe will consistently give us opportunities to see if we have learned from our past experiences and see if we're willing to now step further and further into that new being that we're becoming. And so you got another opportunity to encounter someone that was enraged, but you stayed in your wise self. It didn't affect you. You didn't have to go anywhere because of the work that you've done and the work that you illustrate to people. And that's something that we all have the opportunity to experience if we will engage in the process. Exactly. One other thing that I like about your book, uh, there are these sections that you call screens of contemplation, and you give us wonderful little points of things to do and um, quotes for change underneath there. And it just really, it's, it's kind of an integrative experience because you're really hitting the mind and you're hitting the heart and you're hitting the senses uh, and the soul with the way that it's created with all of the color and, and the, uh, the way it's written. So I really appreciate how you bring this work forward. Oh, thank you so much, Simran. And, I, you know, it's funny, I put those screens in there because I thought, wow, we're all looking at these wonderful little screens on our phones and our computers. Let's put screens inside of books. So that was my, my impetus for that. So well, I think you... that was very intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I call the, you know, people, I was just at a restaurant and two people had their phones and they were looking down and obviously playing a game and they saw me experiencing them and they said, oh, look at us, we're so pathetic. And, and I said, why? And they said, because we're, t- we're looking at our phones and not each other. I said, well, are you married? And they said, yes. I said, do you need to look at each other 24 hours a day? And they're like, no. And I said, are you both enjoying your game? And they said, yes. And I said, (laughs) you know, I consider all these screens, I'm calling it the firelight of our modern age. Every person has a little miniature fire with them, and they're able to look at that little fire and warm themselves. That's right, that's right. And and in the book, you even go back and you give people resources so they can use their phones and their iPads and their all their different little gadgetry and even look up some of this stuff. But you have 
given different types of books that would be supportive in certain lessons. Or oh, yeah, and, and websites. And also, let's be sure to mention that I uh, interviewed 11 other people who are in the book who have taken significant challenges and transformed them and have written essays about that transformative process. So you're not just hearing my voice. And then I put on my website 11 more people that we couldn't fit in the book that are on the website, that you, and you can add your own uh, essay. And notice that she uses the number 11, which is my powerful number, as you are on 1111 Talk Radio. I urge you to connect with Sark and pick up this book, Glad No Matter What, Transforming Loss and change into gift and opportunity. You can connect to her at planetsark.com. You can find out more about the different offerings that she has in addition to some of the other books and works that she has engaged with and has as bestsellers. In addition, uh, she will be in Los Angeles March the 2nd at the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, 7.30 p.m. And on March the 24th, she'll be in New York City at the 92nd Street Y. So definitely, if you uh, can make it, try to connect with her in one of those places. We'll be right back with Sark. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Engaging in Sark's new book, Glad No Matter What, you will be able to transform loss and change into gift and opportunity through a book filled with vibrant color, many pictures, wonderful processes, and in addition to other stories from other people and web resources, books, and music, you have a whole library, a whole tool set sitting right in your hand as you go through this book. I urge you to connect with her if you do not know about Sark, uh, because all of her works are something that would be very integrative as you're going to utilize these pieces to touch your mind, heart, body, and soul. Sark, I want to make sure that since this is our last segment that we get into any other meat of this subject that we need to because we have just a few minutes left. And I'd like to find out um, 
what would encourage people to really go into those broken, dark, and difficult places so that they can transform themselves? Yes, and that's such a great question because, you know, let's go back again. People are with challenging feelings. Um, let's just admit it. It's never convenient or easy to have challenging feelings. I mean, they come up and we you can either re- allow them or resist them. And most people resist them, at least initially. And then you have an opportunity to go into allowing them. And this is what I want people to hear, that even five seconds of turning towards a challenging feeling will allow transformation more than you can imagine. Five seconds. But, of course, that's the five seconds that we desperately want to avoid. And so we all know what it feels like to avoid. You know, we just... We say we're fine. You know, someone says, how are you? I grew up in Minnesota, and I would go over to people's houses and say to their parents, well, how are you? And I would hear this, fine. And I would want to say, well, you don't seem fine. You seem angry, you know. <laughs> you sound upset. But, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was done that you talked about how you actually felt. And in my family growing up, as many people have, have this experience, I was allowed to have one feeling at a time, and I had to go to my room to have it, and I had to come out feeling better. But honestly, it didn't really matter how I felt because nobody wanted to hear about that. So let's talk about how you can transform that and go further in your own life now. Um, That is a way of turning towards the challenging feeling rather than away from it. So I've written sections in the book about this. I wrote about what's good about falling to pieces because most of us are always trying to hold on and not fall to pieces, and we think that there's nothing good about it. Um, I want to share an example from my own life about how I turned toward a challenging feeling and how it transformed it, because I know everybody will benefit from this. Wonderful. I was at a retreat center, and I had gone by myself, but I was seeing friends there, and it's here in California, and it was on the edge of the Pacific Ocean, and there's hot springs, and there's organic food, and it's just, you know, absolute utopia place. And I was there on retreat, and I was so happy, and I had a meal, and then people were going off to do various activities and workshops and things, and then a very unwelcome, challenging feeling showed up for me. And that feeling was loneliness, deep, primitive loneliness. And I was immediately like, oh, no, not loneliness. This is going to ruin my time. Mm. And I don't have the time or energy to deal with loneliness now. And that was, that was how I immediately felt. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I looked over and there was a plate of brownies. And I knew if I, if I ate enough brownies, I could sedate the feeling of loneliness and it would pass out and seemingly go away. But I have learned over the years, first of all, there's short-term side effects from eating those kind of brownies. <laughs> second, of, <laughs> second of all, the feelings actually get louder and larger. This is, see, this is the part we forget. It's cumulative. It's like compound energy. You know how you've heard of compound interest in the financial market. It grows as it, as it goes along. Well, that's what happens with feelings, too. So they get louder and larger, and when they wake up, it's a lot harder to deal with an untended, lonely feeling, you know, two, three days, three weeks, three years later. So I knew that. Then I saw some red wine, someone was drinking some red wine, and I thought, well, if I drank some red wine, I could anesthetize this feeling of loneliness. And I was basically trying to find any way not to feel the loneliness, 
because I didn't. So through writing this book and through all the practices and processes that I've been learning and practicing in my own life, I knew that my commitment was to tend in some way to this challenging feeling in a new way that would be effective. So what would that be? I didn't know. So I happened to see two chairs on the lawn that were together, and I felt intuitively guided. This is my wise self again now, because remember, when you have the awakened wise self, it really will guide you. And I went and sat down in one of the chairs, and I felt kind of ridiculous, and I said, loneliness, would you like to join me? Mm. And I motioned to the other chair. And there was a little space of time, and then I saw loneliness sit down. I saw the faintest outline of a figure sit in that other chair next to me. And I was so moved by this. I, I, was, I looked over and I was like, wow, loneliness is here. And I was so moved, I put my hand out and said, loneliness, would you like to hold my hand? And so I can't say that I felt a hand, but I felt warmth in my hand. And I sat there holding the hand of my own loneliness. That is extremely powerful, and it reminds me of a, a coaching client that I had this past week that really didn't want to be with this side of herself that was feeling grief. And uh, I, I told, and she said, I just I can't see it. I don't want to be with it. I don't like that part of myself. And I told her, imagine it's a child. Imagine grief is a child and that child is in that much pain. What would you do with a child? Would you pour fear on it and run away or would you pour love on it and embrace them and talk to them and be with them and sit with them and rock them? And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about intimately being with that loneliness and touching it and making it palpable so that you can move forward with it. Exactly. Oh, that's so beautiful that you did that. And I'm so glad you shared that because that's another way to think of it. And so, however, whether it's, a, you know, the, a child or your own the loneliness itself, all these challenging feelings want is some love and some attention. Yes. And what we fear is that they want too much. Like, oh, if I hold the hand of loneliness, I'll still be there two years later. You know, and the truth is, it took about 10 minutes for loneliness to dissolve and change shape and integrate back into me. That's just it. We fear that they want too much, but if we will go to that place, what we'll find is we get more of ourselves. Exactly, and then we'll also be more ready. The next challenging feeling that comes will become very adept. We'll become those emotional pioneers and those transformational change agents that are able to navigate our feelings no matter what. Oh, I like that, emotional pioneers. I like that. <laughs> that's an awesome term. Yeah, that's so true. I think that that was a powerful story to share, and I really, really appreciate that. You are really um, bold in your expression of whatever you're feeling, and that's a challenging place for most people. They wear masks. A lot of people wear masks. We all have certain sides of ourselves that we hide from the world, and we pretend how did you get to this place where you could, you know, tell a cab driver that you don't really like him and, you know, <laughs> you know all these different things? What, what in you has allowed yourself to take down the mask to such a degree that you can be so real and be okay with it? Well, it's one of the wonderful gifts of the incest that I experienced um, is that, you know, when the worst thing has already happened to you, you know, this was my best friend who became a monster seemingly overnight, and over a period of seven years, I was molested in the house that I lived in. Hmm. And so every day was a war. 
so when that has happened to you, you, I became immensely strong in certain ways. And, you know, through a lot of therapy and a lot of healing and a lot of self-healing, I've taken that into my adult life and into my adult self and practiced it. This is the part that people also need to hear, is that practicing this stuff works. I mean, I didn't just start up talking to a cab driver like that. You know, I, I started by saying, oh, I, I don't like this, you know, or, you know, I started in smaller ways. We have to build the muscle. We build the muscle, and then, oh, boy, you become a absolute strength weight training expert. I mean, you become that emotional pioneer expert person who can know how they feel, identify how they feel, and there are still times I wear masks, of course. You know, I'm not just the idealized, you know, know every emotion at all times. I mean, I'm sometimes confused walking around. What do I feel? This feels terrible. What is it? You know, but I'm doing the work. And this is what I say to people. If you will do this transformational work, even, in the ba- even if you do it so imperfectly, so badly, so poorly, so partially, you will receive benefit. That's fabulous. I'd like to get into one other part that you have in the book, and it talk- uh, talks about the miracle walk. Can you talk about what the Miracle Walk is and how Yes, I'm so one? glad you said that. Many years ago, I invented this way because I lived outside the money system by choice for 10 years. I opted out of the money system after I met some very unhappy multimillionaires and spent time with them. And uh, so I thought that money must be the problem. So I lived on barter and trade from age 26 to age almost 36. And in this time, I relied on miracles, basically. So... Um, miracle walk is when you step out of your house or wherever you are, you put your hands out, palms up, and you say, miracle, find me now. And then you walk until the miracle finds you or until you find it. Mm. And this means tuning your vision to see miracles because most people are walking by them. They're not looking. They're not observant. They're not allowing. And a miracle might look very different from what you think. It could be someone dressed in rags who's screaming. That could be your miracle. And you, you, you may stop to help that person, and it could turn into a whole thing that you can't imagine. But you allow yourself to engage with life and let life show you its miracles. And it will. I, I could, I mean, I've put numbers of those stories in the book, but I could put, I could write entire books on the miracle walk stories that I have. A variation on the theme is to go out and say, miraculous people find me now and you will find the most miraculous people. They will come seemingly out of thin air. They're always around us, and they just want to be, the world just wants you to ask. Absolutely, and when we just place our attention on something, just uh, the, the fact that we're being available and waiting for a miracle to occur, that energy is going in that direction, so we're going to attract to ourselves something that's going to change us in some way, something that is going to be that spark and that miracle in our life. And really, miracles are ever-present. It's just our own awareness and acknowledgement of, of being able to hold them and see them and embrace them when they show up. Yes, and, um, and it works for everyone, by the way. Sometimes people think, oh, you're just unusual and you're, you, know, you smile a lot and you have this good energy. And I'm like, well, part of the reason I have such good energy is miracles are always coming in and out of me. 
That's fantastic. I want to thank you for being on 1111 Talk Radio. This has been absolutely wonderful. And I would like for my listeners to definitely visit planetsark.com. Sark is a best-selling author, artist, with 16 titles in print and well over 2 million books sold. This wonderful book has interviews with over a dozen people about change and loss, incorporating their wisdom into the book, along with photographs, art, and innovative resources. And it's all done in her signature handwriting. Readers who get under Sark's umbrella may just find themselves singing in the rain. (laughs) Definitely connect with Sark um, whenever you get a chance, and you too can be glad no matter what and transform your life, loss, and change into gifts and opportunities. I look forward to talking to you next week. I'm Simran Singh. Until then, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.